0: Thank you for tuning in to the Apostolic Pentecostal Church podcast. You are currently listening to one of our iGrow series lessons. If you're in the Bloomington, Illinois area and want to sit in person, feel free to join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for Worship in the Word. Can't make it in person? No big deal. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram and search Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Either way, we'd love to fellowship and worship with you. We hope to see you. Welcome, everyone. How's your day, been? Nice to come in and sit down. Now you're going to get a spiritual meal. I always love that. I miss my decaf coffee, though. <laughs> Lacey always has it ready for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for our beautiful house of God, and we thank you that you let us be the house of God. Oh, the grace you've had, God, toward our lives. We love you. We praise you. We gather together in your name tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray for the saints. And throughout this place, Lord, that their faith would be built up tonight. That they could um, just lie down in green pastures. That you lead them beside the still waters so they can have rest for their souls. Wherein the weary can rest, Lord Jesus. Be with us tonight. Lead us through Daniel 2. Open our eyes so that we can see wonderful things out of your word. Thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Help me to do a good job. In Jesus' name, amen. If you haven't already, open your books to Daniel 2. That's where we're at. I want to thank my pastors for letting me do this. I want to thank Bruce for listening to me. These last few weeks, and Philip, and Jessica, and Avery, they've all helped me with this, and I appreciate it. An interesting point about uh, chapters 2 through 7 is beginning at verse 2-4. The language of the original text is in Aramaic. Now remember, Daniel's being trained in Babylon, and he is writing. He's going to write chapters 2 through 7 in the language that he's learned, and that's really neat. Because what he's learning in captivity is used for, uh, to promote the word of God to the Gentile kingdoms. Isn't that a neat point? So, God is my judge. Where are we getting that? Whose name means that? Daniel. Daniel. Daniel's name means God is my judge. That is a major theme in this book. We saw in chapter one that the nation of Judah was judged, that they were taken into captivity. They're in Babylon. And then tonight we're going to see that he's going to judge the Gentile nations. So God is my judge. And we'll see this theme develop throughout the chapter 2. So we'll go to the next slide, Philip. In the second chapter of Daniel, we read about King Nebuchadnezzar's dream and then Daniel interpreting it. In, in uh, Gospels, Jesus calls Daniel a prophet, Say he's a prophet. He speaks on behalf of God and he's going to be doing this in the nation of Babylon or in the kingdom of Babylon and we are told of a kingdom that will never be destroyed what kingdom is that? what kingdom will never be destroyed? the kingdom of God slide 3 the king has a disturbing dream and he's unable to remember it but it greatly troubles him It keeps him from sleeping Have you, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever Have you ever had trouble in your mind? You couldn't sleep? You couldn't find rest? The king calls for his wise men and commands them to tell him, not, not just an interpretation of the dream, but the dream itself and the interpretation. And because the wise men are unable to do this, they are sentenced to death. Now, who are these wise men that are in Babylon? They're people from every nation because uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he's conquering. He's world dominant. He's a world empire. And he goes and he conquers a nation and he gets the wisest and the best from that nation and he brings them in and he trains them and he keeps them in Babylon. And he then like in Judah, he just left the poor and the unskilled there. So they weren't a threat to rebel against him. So all the world is fixing to hear about the God of the nation of Israel. And we get to see that in chapter 2. The whole world's going to get to see it. So the wise men in Babylon, they're magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, Chaldeans, wise men from all over the world. So we're going to start reading at verse 3. And the king said unto them, I had dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream." Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syria, O king, live forever. Now isn't that what a king wants to do? Does a king ever want to lose his kingdom? No, he never wants to lose his power or authority or dominion. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said unto the Chaldeans, The thing is gone for me. If ye will not make known unto me my dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces." He's a tyrant, isn't he? And your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if you will show me the dream and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation. Now, it's not hard to choose. Cut up in pieces, house made a dunghill, honor, gifts, rewards. But guess what? They can't meet the criteria. They can't can't come up with it. So skip down to nine. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me. He does not want to be deceived. Do you want to be deceived? If trouble was in your way, wouldn't you want the truth, even if it hurt? Amen. Yes, I'd want the truth. So the king wants to know the truth, he does not want to be deceived and lied to otherwise, the wise men of Babylon. So verse 10, the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there's not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. They're going to get enlightened. Dark Babylon is going to get enlightened in chapter 2. There is a man on the earth. He's right among them. He's the prophet of God. Therefore, there's no king, lord, or ruler that asks such a thing of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requires. And there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. They're wrong again. The kingdom of God is the central message of our Bible. And it's that God wants to dwell among us. Build me a tabernacle that God may dwell among us. The king came to us. Our Messiah, He ascended, He sent back His Spirit. I have been with you, I shall be in you. He's coming again to judge this world. They're wrong again, they're going to be enlightened. They worship the Babylonians, worshiped many gods. So, and the wise men of Babylon knew that what was required for them was beyond their wisdom, their knowledge, and their understanding. There is none that can show it to thee except the gods, and they worship many gods. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? God was exposing the wisdom of this world for what it is, say foolishness. The wisest of the wise. Next slide, please. Daniel seeks wisdom Daniel learns that he and his three friends Are among those to be executed And ask the king for a little more time After Daniel and his friends pray God tells Daniel the dream And it's meeting Meaning Daniel praises God For his omnipotence That's his power He's mighty, powerful, all powerful And his omniscience He knows everything Nothing is secret to him Nothing's hidden from him So meetings, meetings, meetings. Who's had meetings all day today? Who's been at work and had several meetings? Who likes meetings? Meetings, meetings, meetings. One after another. We're going to have six meetings. Daniel's going to meet with Ariok. He's going to meet with the king. He's going to meet with the three Hebrew boys. The most important meeting of his day, he's going to meet with God in prayer. Another meeting with Ariok. And then another meeting with the king. Six back-to-back meetings in Daniel's day. 13, and the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Meeting number one, Ariok, verse 14. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom, say counsel and wisdom, to Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon, he answered and said to Ariok, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Ariok made the thing known to Daniel. Meeting number two, King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 16. Then Daniel went in and desired the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. What's the king want to know? The truth. The truth. He wants to know the truth. Meeting three is just taking care of business and getting it done. Is your day kind of like that sometimes? Just getting it done. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, his companions. That's verse 17. So he goes and he says, listen, guys, I call this meeting to tell you you're going to be cutting pieces. Do your meetings kind of go like that? <laughs> you're going to be cutting pieces. And I make a motion that we take this to the highest court, and I'm sure one of them seconded the motion, and they came up with a plan on what they would do. Verse 18, that they would desire, say, mercy, mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellow should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. They just really, they want their secret revealed and they want their next saved. So two things they're asking for. Look at it again. That they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Verse 19. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. Say wisdom and might. He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. Isn't that one of our things? God rules in the kingdom of men. Remember chapter 1? God gave the king of Judah over into the hand of King Nebuchadnezzar. God rules. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, knowledge to them that know understanding. 22. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. We see that he's going to know Nebuchadnezzar's thoughts when he's on his bed. He knows every hair on our head. He knows everything. There's nothing that's hidden from him. And then 23, I thank thee and praise thee, O God. Thou God of my fathers who has given me wisdom and might. God's got it. You've given it to me, Lord. You've got wisdom. You've got might. Did I lose my might? Okay. Given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desire with thee. You answered my prayer, Lord. Thank you. For thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. Now take note of the way that Daniel praises God for answering his prayer. We should follow his example. He doesn't just say thank you, Lord, and run out. He just extols he just God, and he just really lingers in prayer, worshiping God and praising God for his attributes and praising God for the good things he's put in Daniel. You've given me wisdom. You've given me might. He just stays there. And let us not make the mistake of neglecting thanksgiving and praise unto our merciful God for answering our prayers and revealing truth. Say truth. He's reveals truth no matter how it hurts. He's going to speak the truth to us in love, isn't he? Consider this situation and ponder what you would have done. Would you have remained in prayer and thanksgiving, praising God? Or would your first response have been to run out with the revelation and reveal it to others? If it would, let this correct you. We must be wise like Daniel and let God be our first love. Say first love. Our first relationship. Our all in all. Our work for God is very important, but it must not become our God. It comes second to time, spent with him in prayer, praising and extolling him, for he is worthy. So meeting four. Let me check my calendar. What what do I have to do now? Oh yes, I have an appointment with my executioner. This is going to be good. Let me me go meet with Ariok. 24. Therefore Daniel went in unto Ariok, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men. He went in and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Meeting number five. Another meeting with King Nebuchadnezzar. Twenty-five. That Ariot brought in Daniel before the king in haste and thus and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. Have you ever worked with somebody like that? They want all the credit. Maybe somebody in your family's like that, not mine. <laughs> Enough said, huh? Enough said, let's move on. 26. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and in the interpretation thereof? He wants the truth. 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show it to the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known unto the king Nebuchadnezzar. What shall be? Say, in the latter days. In the latter days. A revelation coming to the king. What's going to happen in the latter days? Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon the bed. What should come to pass hereafter? The king's in his bed. He's thinking, What's going to happen after all of this? Maybe he's thinking about after his death. Maybe he's thinking about after his kingdom. After this, what's going to happen? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. He told him what he was thinking, where he was laying, and he says, here it comes. Here's what you want. 30. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me. For any wisdom that I have more than any living. Don't think that the wisdom's coming for me. Okay? Daniel's humble. But for their sakes. Say, but for their sakes. That shall make known the interpretation to the king. Who's that? The wise men. The astrologers, the sorcerers, the magicians, and the Chaldeans. You've got to be kidding. That's why it's being revealed? but for their sakes, that shall make known the interpretations of the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Wow! Unlike Ariad, Daniel does not take credit. This is a good example of what Pastor has been preaching to us. Do you remember his recent messages? Humility, brokenness, how we can make the same mistake as King Saul and lose our anointing.
1: We want to say
0: little, insignificant in our own eyes. All of the glory belongs to God. Daniel knew this, and he, that it was not his wisdom, but wisdom from heaven that was operating in him. We're not going to overcome the system of Babylon without wisdom. Going back to Babel, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's all just skirt this humility and spreading out. And, and multiplying what like God says. Let us make a name for ourselves. No, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and seek His wisdom. Next slide, please. Wisdom from above. Say, wisdom from above. It's not the wisdom of this world. James 3.13, it's on the slide. Who is wise and in with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation with works with meekness of wisdom, not making a name for yourself. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, that's in Babylon. That's politics. That's, that's striving for a position. Glory not and lie not against the truth. Don't say you don't have it. Examine your hearts to see what's motivating you. Confess your sin. The wisdom descended, the wisdom of this world descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Isn't that what the devil did? Want to make a name for himself? Want the glory of God? For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. 17. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, no mixture. Peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Can you be asked a question? Why are you doing it this way? Would you maybe do it another way? Are you easy to be entreated? Are you prideful and no one can correct you? Full of mercy, compassion, good fruits, without partiality. That would be not being a respecter of persons. And without hypocrisy without saying one thing and doing another. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The the wisdom from heaven was operating in Daniel, and it brought peace to a terrible situation. He made peace with the king and saved the lives of the wise men. This same wisdom can operate in us. We can ask for it. James 1-5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. How are your meetings going throughout the day with your family, with your friends? How are your meetings going? God can use you to bring peace to this dark world. Next slide, please. The king saw a huge statue. With the This is the interpretation of the dream, the dream and the interpretation. The king saw a huge statue with a gold head, silver chest and arms, bronze belly and thighs, iron legs, and feet that are a combination of iron and clay. It's kind of cutting it off, isn't it? No, it's a little bit better that way. A rock was cut out from a mountain by supernatural means. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits so that the whole statue collapsed. It represents successive Gentile powers. Not the nation of Israel. Successive world-dominant Gentile powers. The stone that's cut out with the out hands that smashes it in its feet and it all breaks up represents God's kingdom. Say the stone represents God's kingdom, which will someday destroy pagan power. Let's look at verse 21. And he changeth the times, the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. You wanted to know, Nebuchadnezzar, what's happened? You're going to lose your kingdom. The Medes and Persians are going to come in, and you're going to lose it. Do you think that does the truth hurt sometimes? He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. The God... But there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets, 28, and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. The God of heaven was communicating with the king of Babylon about what would happen in the last days. And I've already said this. I must have put it twice in my notes. Why? Because he has been lying on his bed wondering what would take place. He wanted to know. So the reason that he's answering the dream was for their sakes that made known the interpretation, the, mystric, the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, and that Nebuchadnezzar might know the thoughts of his heart. And he sees, we see that this judgment's coming, this stone's coming, and it's smashing the feet. You know, we can look at this and we can think, well, Lord, why don't you just go ahead and do it? Why don't you just go ahead and deliver all of this evil that's going on in the world, all of this darkness, all of this captivity. Sorcerers, that's using demonic power. What, you know, why is this going on? Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, that promise being that He's going to destroy the world by fire. But He's long-suffering, say long-suffering, Long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he's revealing the kingdom of God. He's revealing that the kingdoms of men will not last. Say, judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. He's revealing this to evil King Nebuchadnezzar, a worldwide power, worldwide influence this message will go out into the world. The world. Uh, Philip, next one please. There may be people around you, say around me, perhaps in high places, who are lying on their beds wondering what is going to take place in the future. Maybe people that you're rubbing their elbows with. They may be the last person, say the last person, you would expect God to be communicating with. God may be speaking to them, and He may want to use your faith in a prayer meeting to obtain the answers that they're seeking. Look at verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. If you have read the rest of the chapter, you know this image or idol represents these Gentile world kingdoms. The image head was of fine gold. Daniel tells King Nebuchadnezzar in verse 38 that he is that head of gold. That head of gold represents you, King Nebuchadnezzar. His breast and his arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass. First skip down to 39 and you'll but we're going to come back to 33. 39 says, "And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass which shall bear rule over all the earth." Back to up to 33. His legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. And then skip back down to 40 because that's got commentary on 33. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all things shall it break in pieces and bruise. Back to 34. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out, say, without hands. Say that. You've got to get that tonight. With out hands, not man's doing, not man's plan, not man's program, with out hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them in pieces. King Nebuchadnezzar worships idols, and the Lord is showing him. That the stone which represents the kingdom of God will destroy the kingdoms of men. That is the Gentile world kingdoms at the time of their judgment. We need to get the point about cut out with hand, hands. The stone, the kingdom of God, is not the work of men's hands. If it was, it would be idolatry. It would. The kingdom of God is the Lord's doing. Psalm 115 four. Our God is in heaven, he does as he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak, they have eyes that cannot see. Back to thirty five. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, say it. the whole thing broke into pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried it away, and it was no more. It's all coming to pass, folks. This world system, the things of this world, the things that people value, the important people in the world, it's all coming to pass. Judgment is coming. This is another thing in the book of Daniel. We've already said that. God is my judge. Revelation 20.11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and the one and one seated on it. Earth and heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. There's no place for you in the kingdom of God. No place was found. Psalm 1.4 Not so the wicked, for they are like chaff driven off by the wind. Who? The wicked. Psalm 37, 10. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. We could go to Psalm 1 and talk about it. Blowing away like the chaff. 36, verse 36 in Daniel. This is the dream, and we tell the interpretation thereof before the king. 37. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowls of heaven, hath been he given into thine hand and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. you got all this power but it's going to come to pass. 39. And after thee shall rise another kingdom inferior to thee, it won't be as strong as the Babylonian kingdom. And another third kingdom of brass, which will uh, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things. We've already said that. 41. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Say, divided. But there shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. 44. And in the days of these kings, the days of the feet, that the feet represent it, that's okay. In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, not man setting it up, God setting it up, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. What kingdom do you want to be in? Easy, easy choice. i kind, of, kind of like the wise men. Do they want the rewards and the honor or do they want to be cut in pieces? It's kind of its kind of easy, isn't it? 45, for as much as I saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain. You can't change it. It's going to happen. Though you have all this power and authority and dominion? We're going to see in the next chapter he wanted the truth, but he doesn't like it. He's going to try to change it. And we'll, we'll see that next chapter. But, and the dream is certain and the ter- interpretation of thereof is sure. So the kingdom to replace all Gentile kingdoms will be set up by God himself, The stone that smashed Nebuchadnezzar's statue represents Christ at the second coming. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government say government. Government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace. Increasing. That stone's growing, filling. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. Praise God. Good judgment is coming. Justice is coming a king that rules and reigns. from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the the Lord of hosts will perform this. When we get to Daniel 7, there's a little bit of commentary on that if you want to read that at home, Daniel 7, 13 through 14. I want to talk more about this stone and how it's relevant to us and our lives. I don't want to talk about the kingdoms of men. They're passing away. I could spend hours talking about the kingdom of men. I want to know about the kingdom that's going to last forever. Luke 20:18 says, Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. And whosoever it shall fall, it will grind him to power. What's our relationship to the stone? We can be broken. We can be broken, have a broken spirit that God can lead. We can be broken. Or we can be crushed. Kind of an easy answer, isn't it? Yep, we can't rule ourselves. We can't have kingdoms that last forever. Where we have the authority, where we have the power. Where it's all about us. We make the decisions. We're either going to fall on the stone, or we're going to be crushed. Then image represented the rise and fall of world empires, empires that held great power during their season. But they came to pass, or they will come to pass in the future. These were world-dominating powers. But our theme is God rules in the kingdom of men. Philip, I'm going to skip slide eight. Let us emphasize the stone cut out without hands. Striking the image in its feet, destroying it, then becoming a great mountain that filled the earth. This is what we want to focus on. We can read the scriptures and miss Jesus. Did you notice the description about this class? A Bible study in the book of Daniel with emphasis on Jesus. We can read the Scriptures and miss Jesus if we're not careful. The Pharisees are an example of doing this. They studied and knew much of the Word, but they missed Jesus. When you're studying the Word, always focus on what it says about God. So having said that, we're going to continue to focus on the kingdom. Slide 9, Philip. There's three aspects of God's kingdom coming to earth. God dwelling among men. First coming, the Messiah born at Bethlehem. The Holy Ghost being poured out after Jesus' ascension and the second coming of Christ. If you're taking notes of what that is, Revelation 1.9 and chapter 19, slide 10. The elevation of Daniel. He humbled himself. He got wisdom from heaven. He revealed to all the world through the situation. God set it up. The kingdom is coming. An amazed Nebuchadnezzar worships Daniel and appoints him to be ruler over the entire providence of Babylon as well as chief over all the wise men. Do you think that helps the people in captivity? I do. Daniel's wise, meek, humble. 46. The king... Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors to him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of oh, the truth it is your God is a God of gods a Lord of kings a revealer of secrets seeing thou couldst reveal the secret your God is a God of gods one should not, I've got a footnote of this, one should not conclude from Nebuchadnezzar's confession that he had been converted. Since the Lord had enabled Daniel to interpret the king's dream, Nebuchadnezzar was willing to admit that Daniel's God was supreme, at least in matters of divine knowledge. The king gladly promoted Daniel. So Daniel is elevated. We don't want the elevation to be our goal. As you're studying this and you're desiring this wisdom and this humility and meekness, Don't make the mistake of wanting elevation to be your goal. Your goal is humility. That's your goal. Be content when you're humble, when you're seeing that God is letting that be manifest in your life. We are promised the reward. Daniel, we may get part of it in this life and the next. Daniel had been faithful in little things. There's no telling what he's made ruler over in eternity. He would go on to be a leader in Babylon for seventy years. So it is our sovereign God who has and is changing the times and the seasons. He's uh, the events of history. He's in control. And doesn't it bring you comfort with what's going on in the comfort, in, in our government as we see the rise and fall of power? Daniel used wisdom from heaven to bring peace to a situation where all the wise men were about to be killed. A tyrant king was angry and about to murder them all. Do you think we're going to need that same wisdom? Does this sound like our situation? It really could be with what's going on. True wisdom from heaven caused Daniel to value not only his life, but others' lives as well. Heavenly wisdom caused him to conduct himself respectfully, and meekly in Babylon, all the while walking confidently. Say confidently, in faith. This wisdom led him to intercessory prayer, knowing that God alone had the answer. Say, God is with us in trouble. He's with us. He also wisely had other others pray with him. Let us conduct ourselves in our pagan society with wisdom, going about doing good and causing no harm. Interceding for others and praying for revelation. True wisdom answers from our God. We are to be lights in this dark world. Dark because the God of this world has blinded, say, blinded their minds that they should believe a lie. But we've got divine revelation. We can bring light. Nebuchadnezzar had been practicing the Chaldean religion. He he had been an idol worshiper. The statue from his dream was an object that commanded his attention and respect. Moreover, earthly kingdoms were objects of esteem and value in his eyes. Uncut stones were not valued by him. Say the uncut stone. The uncut stone. His mind was unenlightened by divine revelation, but God was now communicating with him through the dream and the interpretation. He wanted to know what was going to happen in the future, and God was giving him the truth. Daniel was made a great man, and then he requests Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to also help him govern. Slide 11, please. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be loved to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and stand forever. Why do you keep saying this to me, Sister Jill? Because I want you to get it. The kingdom will be set up by the God of heaven. It shall never be destroyed. It shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. It shall stand forever. Next slide, please. What is the kingdom of God? Zechariah fourteen nine. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day. Shall there be one Lord and his name one. Revelation 11:15, and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ and he shall reign forever and ever who likes to dance when we sing that I love to dance sometimes the devil tells me I'm too old but I still get up here with you young people I hope I always can do that Next slide, please. John the Baptist and Jesus preached it. John, and saying, repent ye. Turn from your ways, your thoughts, the ways of Babylon. Turn from it, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark 15, and saying, the time is fulfilled. The gospel is Of the kingdom of God. Say the gospel. The good news. Of the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. The good news. We've got to find out what the good news is. It can't be shaved with men's hands. If it is, it will be what? Man's doing. We've got to find out what the gospel is from God the divine revelation from heaven. So to enter the kingdom of God, we must turn from egotism and self-centeredness, which is the world system, system that works in the hearts of people of Babylon, to the one, say the one, that deserves all of our attention, all of our devotion, love, and loyalty. It is allowing God to rule and reign in our hearts, to be our king. He stands at the door and knocks. Allow Him to come in and rule and reign in you. Tomorrow, when you're stressed out, allow Him to rule and reign in you. Then you will experience Romans 4.17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We can have it. We absolutely can have it on a daily basis. Next one, please. What is your relationship with the stone? Say, what's my relationship with it? We can either fall on it and be broken or we can be crushed. Judged, judged by it. Matthew 21:44. And he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. But he on whom it falls will be crushed. So the stone is something... It's an image that she used quite a bit in the Word of God. it's very interesting to go through the Word of God and look at stones as it relates to God. Excuse me. Genesis 29 talks about the stone of Israel. Say the stone. Stone of Israel. Oh, what a foundation that is to build your life upon. The stone of Israel. He made Jacob's hand strong. He helped him. He was the stone of Israel. Moses rested on a stone during a war. Remember, Aaron and her we can rest on the stone. He's got rest for us in time of battle. And he's got brethren to help us hold our hands up. In Exodus, they were told to build the altar if they made it out of stone with uncut stone. Say uncut stone. All of our sacrifices, all of our doings, they won't save us, will they? Only God's plan will save us. What about the rock in the wilderness that followed them, that Moses struck when they were thirsty and water came out? We're told later, and explained later, that was Calvary, where the water gushed out. He said, if any of you thirst, come unto me, and I will give you living water. As much as they needed water in that wilderness, we need the water from the rock. Our God, that water in heaven coming down, the trees planted there. Stones upon the shoulders of the ephod of the high priest that went in into the Holy of Holies, representing the 12 tribes. Stones for a memorial to our children after they crossed the Jordan. If you want to defeat the enemy, tell your kids what God has done. The stone can be a weapon. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord he struck Goliath, who was cussing his God and blaspheming his God. The stone has power to save, and it has power to crush. What is your relationship? Why did I move up here? What is your relationship to the stone? The stone, the law written on the stone tablets couldn't save us. Couldn't save us. Pointed us to Christ.
1: He will take the stony
0: heart out of us and give us a heart of flesh that He can write the Word of God on. What's our relationship to the stone? Psalm 118, 21, 23, I will praise Thee, for Thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused, the nation of Israel, is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Is it marvelous in your eyes that he has become the head? He is our foundation stone, and he is our capstone. He is our alpha. He is our omega. If you've got the right relationship with the stone. And we talked about the stone cut out of the mountain, without hands. It represented the kingdom of God. It is not man's devising. It's not man's own thoughts polished up over the ages or man's ideas. We saw the man, the statue, the idol, the work of man's hands, the power and dominion that man has. It's not going to stand. It is God's doing. Let it be marvelous in your eyes. The chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2.20. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. They went out. They were trained three years after he rose, after the stone was rolled away. And he came out of the grave. He taught them and trained them for 40 more days. And he said, go. Go into all the world. Go preach the gospel. But go tarry ye in Jerusalem till you be in with power on high. He said, Remember, he told them, I have been with you, I shall be in you. They go and tarry on the day of Pentecost, he fills them. The kingdom of God, power was that their power? God's power. We can have wisdom, we can have authority, all the while being, being meek, humble, gentle, not ambitious in this world. All of our treasures laid up in heaven. Slide 13, Philip. So there's many facets to the stone. It's a foundation stone. Wise man built his life on this. Lined it up with the chief cornerstone, the word of God and the teachings, the altar stone raw, undressed, the shepherd, the stone of Israel. The stone cut out of the mountain without hands, is the stone of salvation is the foundation laid up by God. Next, Next one, please. Who is the cornerstone? Who rejected the stone? Israel. What is the exaltation of the stone? If you're in Hebrews, you know he's seated at the right hand of God. We can be seated with them waiting for our enemies to be made our footstool. We see a type of shadow of Moses being seated on the rock. We can sit down. What happens to those who reject the stone? What does it mean to fall on the stone and to be broken? To let him lead the guide of What does it mean to be built upon the foundation? To grow in wisdom and knowledge of him. To continue in the word. Why is Jesus called a living stone? He's alive. Why are the members of the church called stones? Because the temple he dwells in is not built by hands. We get to be part of it. Next slide. God does dwell among men. This is the message of the kingdom of God that we're seeing in Daniel 2. Daniel must have informed the wise men of Babylon because their offspring came looking for Jesus after they saw his star. They had come to worship the king of the Jews bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Go you into all the world and teach. Daniel taught them while he was captive in a pagan environment. What a wonderful example for us. Let us not fear being placed in the hand of evil men or evil kings. Let us fear not falling on the rock and being broken. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel and then go out and tell it.